ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome down to the 20th episode of the JBFE, the Super Bowl Recap. Minnesota Jack, how are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to go through this very interesting Super Bowl. Fascinating game. Well, let's not muck around in the intro. No one's here for the intro. As much as you enjoy this catchy little jingle, let's get into it. Super Bowl 54? Is that what we yep. does? Yeah, excellent. Super we don't know Bowl. what it is in the Roman numerals, but we know it's 54. Live. L-I-V. Yes. Super Bowl live. And, well, they certainly lived it up. Yeah, it was... That they were alive when they played. Absolutely. Let's get into it. The JBFE. I need to start looking at more of that. Like, the sub packages and all that sort of stuff because that's what I find like with the Bills I've got Derek Henry Mm -hmm. and maybe Ty Montgomery or someone but I think I don't know if either of them are really designed for outside run yeah Derek Henry is much better because he's big at those power runs even like draws and all that Mm. sort of stuff but yeah I think we should really look into that yeah with our Raiders franchise and see what kind of a running back we have because as much as I want to run those pitches and outside mm. runs. Depends what that guy's speed is. I have, I have no idea who the Raiders we, running back is in 2017. Uh, Marshall Lynch. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe he's not really so much outside run. No. But I also wouldn't be averse to, I'm sure there's an option where you can start where everyone redrafts. Oh, okay. You actually start yeah. and you get to draft your team all 54-man roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like you... So you're going to have a bunch of quarterbacks to choose from, but, you know, the top ones are often gone. Or yeah. But if we're the Raiders, they may not be, because I think the Raiders were crap that year, so yeah. we might get to pick near the top. But I thought that could be fun to totally mix it up. It's yes. weird because suddenly you've got, like, Big Ben playing for the New York Jets, and yeah. Tom Brady might be the Panthers and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. it's no, also kind of cool. definitely something we, worth doing. Because then we could draft, like, put together a team that we actually... That fits, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm the same. I'd like to run more screens and yeah, and yeah, outside runs and that sort of thing. But also, I've I, the same thing you were saying with the receivers. You know, I've really cottoned on to the fact one, there's a couple of particular plays that you know utilize the tight end more. Yeah, in my Buffalo franchise and. But I was playing last night as Pittsburgh, and back then Antonio Brown was still playing. And, and you're pretty, like, Ugh. it's pretty much <laughs> go to him at yeah. all costs, anytime, any situation. He's mm. fast. He has incredible hands. Like, so you just pretty much go, okay, where's his matchup? Yeah. I was the exact same when I started the franchise as the coach of the Vikings. You go to Thielen every time yeah. because of his speed, but also his um, spectacular catch ability mm. is insane. Yeah. So it's the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've, it's... it's for, I don't play enough at the moment that I... I probably... What I need to do... Because I often only play for like an hour at a time. Because mm-hmm. I find after that I get video game rage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to break any TVs. I have yeah. anger management issues. No, but like, I need to probably put that time into just like... Um, I should put an hour into more mechanics and training and playing, like, practice yeah. situations. Because I just find I get on and, you know, I might get on a bit of a run, but then it goes bad, 
and it's just like, oh, I don't want to play, this is annoying. But a lot of it is that I don't, I don't use all of the mechanics that are available to me. Mm. Or like you're saying, I knew that there's sub-packages and that, and you could do it, but I haven't taken the time to go sit down and go through it and yeah. go, okay, on these runs, I want this guy to come in, because it yeah, makes sense. So I'm trying to do outside runs with James Conner in the Pittsburgh is mm-hmm. really like hard. Yeah. But much better at inside zone and power mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, welcome to our Super Bowl <laughs> preview. Uh, you may have just heard three and a half minutes of Madden, unless I decide to cut it out, but... You know, I like to keep things pretty fast and loose here. So we're basking in the glow today, Minnesota Jack, Mm. of Super Bowl 54, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. How about them Chiefs? Yes. And obviously we picked it. You know, yeah, 100%, you know, we were all over this. Such a good prediction. Yeah. We are well-known football pundits. Yeah. We always get the right decision. Uh Uh-huh. I do all the pickings. So after both of us predicted the 49ers fairly comfortably. Yeah. Um, well, that, and look, that looked pretty good for three quarters. Yeah, we should just ended it there. <laughs> so uh, after the game ended after three quarters, <laughs> yeah. the 49ers win 20 to 10, and we were right, and everyone yes. else was also right. Now, everyone, I don't know. I think this, I think we. Obviously, anyone who's listening to this is an NFL fan, and so, or at least is a human being living on planet Earth, so will have heard the result of the Super Bowl, that the Kansas City Chiefs win 31-20 to after piling on 21 points in the third quarter to come from 20-10 to down. I actually think we got our preview pretty good from, from the, the um, Patrick Mahomes angle, in terms of the Chiefs, pro- um, the 49ers probably were the better all-round built team, but the Chiefs had a few parts that, if they clicked, were going to mm. be nigh unstoppable, and yeah. they were um, unstoppable. Mm. Uh, where would you... I'll start with, I suppose, the rundown. So the, the Chiefs uh, hold the 49ers to a field goal. Uh, to start with, the Chiefs then go down and score a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with the uh, rushing touchdown. The 49ers then take command of the next two quarters. They score uh, two more touchdowns and a field goal, holding the Kansas City Chiefs to just a single field goal across the second and third quarter. So the, the 49ers go into the fourth quarter leading 20-10, to 10, and up until about 8 minutes, 47 seconds to go, I think it was, they're up. Mm. And thereafter, Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown pass from Mahomes. Damian Williams uh, catches a, a uh, pass from Mahomes uh, about four minutes after that. And then about a minute and a half later, Damian Williams runs it in, a 38-yard run that just you know totally broke the back of the 49ers to win it, 31-20. to 20. I know there's a, there's a few major talking points I want to get to, but I'll let you have... Uh, first bite at the cherry. Yes. So this was a game, and I texted you about this after I watched it. At first, Mm -hmm. watching it live, I had a lot of issues Mm -hmm. with the live stream on NFL Game Pass, which is a service we've been so hyped about. Absolutely. No one's more of a fan than us. I was so disappointed 
that there were several issues in watching this game live, including the final two minutes of the game, which at the two-minute mark, the 49ers were still trying to go down and get a touchdown, mm. so the game was still on the line. And it was also, I was stressed because I, it lasted longer than I thought, and I had to go to work, and I was waiting for the game to finish, so it wasn't a great viewing experience. So at first, I was kind of disappointed by the game, and I still think this to some degree, because up until the final quarter where Patrick Mahomes really showed the MVP um, quarterback that he is, I didn't think that anyone was playing at their best. I think Mahomes, at first, wasn't playing at his best. Garoppolo wasn't. There were just... Everyone that I was watching, were they were making mistakes, or they were not running as fast as they have been, or all sorts of things where they everyone didn't look at their didn't look like they were at the top of their game, which is what I expect for a Super Bowl. So at first I was just didn't really enjoy watching the game, but I watched it again. I watched the final two minutes. And then I also watched the game all over again. And going, okay, away from NFL Game Pass live streaming issues. I'm gonna watch this knowing the result, look at it a little bit more with analytics and have a look and see how did the team go. And I think that this was a prime example of why we love Patrick Mahomes. Because he didn't have an awful first three quarters. If it was any other quarterback, we'd go, oh, that was a good game. We just know how great he can be, and he ended up turning out to be quite great. But this game was just a great example of how Mahomes, and extending on that, the Chiefs as a team, right, they cannot be attacked the way the 49ers thought they could be, right? The 49ers thought, all right, I've got a 10-point lead. We're just going to hold on to this. It'll be fine, right? And the fact that they thought that was so surprising because we know who the Chiefs are. And this game was a perfect example of, of that, of going, okay, yeah, we're down 10 points with eight minutes left in the quarter, but, you know, we're going to score 21 unanswered. So I think that it... While it wasn't the most enjoyable Super Bowl in terms of talent or skill on sh- on on show, I still think that it was a really really good um, performance by Mahomes to bring them back into the game, and just really fascinating from a f- football perspective of what went wrong for the Forty ers and what went right for the Chiefs. So I, I'm a bit, it's a bit of sweet a bit of sour for me i didn't really love the super bowl but man still interesting nonetheless i fight fight mm. fight no i oh, know i i not a fight i had an interesting experience watching this because i also experienced an outage in nfl game pass um about midway through the third quarter yep so and i i went back and i rewatched this game as well, because I felt like I wanted to watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting watching it the second time through. Watching the flow of the game. My, um, if I can, can encapsulate it in, in a comparison to another sport, this to me was like a UFC title match or a boxing title match. Yep. The, 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 the bout starts off with both fighters throwing some punches. And I thought that's what happened. The, mm-hmm. the, 
the the 49ers came out and and ran the ball pretty well to start yeah. with. The Chiefs hold them to a field goal. The Chiefs, um, you know, their their touchdown drive looked pretty damn impressive. Yeah. That was a big hit. Thereafter, there's a little bit of backwards and forth, and then the 49ers, um, you know, throw another big haymaker with their second touchdown drive. So there was action at the start. Then we the, through the middle section of the game, what we really had was a very cagey affair. No one wanting to give up mm. too much ground. People sort of sussing the other one out. And then at the end, one fighter throws a couple of haymakers yeah. that land and it's game over. Mm-hmm. And I think that was always the danger for the 49ers against the Chiefs. Again, if you if you made this comparison between UFC and, and this game, you know, you've got one fighter in the 49ers who are building, you know, they've got a great grappling game. If they take the Chiefs down to the ground, yeah. it could be lights out. They never quite managed to get the Chiefs in the chokehold. Mm. The Chiefs are that fighter that if you let them stick around long enough, eventually they're going to land a shot on your jaw and mm. you are going to hit the deck. Yeah. And that's what happened for me. And a much better Super Bowl than last year. Yeah. And I didn't not I, I didn't not enjoy the mm-hmm. Super Bowl last last year. I just think that this last year's Super Bowl, if we're gonna have a have a metaphor or a comparison, yeah. is oh, you're up to date with Game of Thrones now. Mm-hmm. So is the fight between the mountain and the viper. Yeah. It was like watching uh Bill Belichick, the mountain uh, and the Patriots uh choke and then um uh, punch in the eye sockets of Sean McVeigh and you know the Oberon Martell. Mm. Um, that, that's kind of how I. That's not as a good analogy. Um, it was kind of depressing, you know. Yeah. Um, but this this Super Bowl, as I say, was was interesting. I want to get in on the Patrick Mahomes stuff. Mm-hmm. One note I had here was that on a rewatch, I felt like some of my own criticism of Mahomes. And sitting there watching the game, I was thinking, oh, good Lord. When they lose this game, you know, because it's yeah. 20 to 10 with mm-hmm. not long left, we're going to, we talked about it, we're going to have to put up with the narratives all yep. off-season of mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. He, he crumbles in the big game. He yep. doesn't have what it takes. He's another blah, 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 whatever. So from that point of view, I'm so glad that he came yeah. back and won it because I couldn't put up with it. Well, he, at that stage before the comeback, he was one touchdown, two interceptions. Yes. Right? That is not that is not a good performance by a quarterback by any means by his standards of course we that's the note th- that's the thing that we got to remember that's the note I've got is that the criticism on Mahomes from everyone including myself is perhaps a little harsh I think in a lot of ways Patrick Mahomes is a victim of his own godlike standards <laughs> that he's set the last few mm-hmm. years. This is a guy who ultimately, when it mattered most, he, he completed 26 of 42 for 286 yards. He also had 29 yards rushing. Yeah. He had two throwing touchdowns. Yes, two interceptions. And one of those was an absolute... Sh- both yeah. of them. One was a shocker. One was um, not an outright bad coverage read. It was a mm-hmm. poor throw yeah. behind the receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also had a rushing touchdown. So he accounted for three touchdowns. Yeah. In the game. And in that section of time where they made that comeback, mm-hmm. he threw some of the most jaw-dropping passes. And I'm not just referring to the play that was uh, 23 yeah. jet 
wasp, uh, jet chip wasp, which was that one to, to Tyreek yeah. Hill. I'm talking about there were plays on the run, uh, I can't remember if it was to Sammy Watkins or Kelsey on the boundary, just beautiful touch throws. Um, he made plays with his legs. How when- beautiful was that escaping of the sack where he ran down for, he didn't get the first down, mm. but he was going to get sacked escaped it and ran for, I think, eight yards and made yes. it second and short or something. That was beautiful. And you can see that he is that, um, you know, when you talk about a franchise quarterback who can lift the team mm. and um, put them on his shoulders, even if he's not throwing particularly well. Now, he wasn't throwing particularly well mm. in the first half. Um, there was, and, you know, probably a few reasons for that, but he missed on the opening drive two yeah. really easy... Uh, sort of screen pass type setups to Damian Williams, I think it was. I think the one Sailed was a screen, but there was even just out of the backfield, mm. which I think seemed pretty easy. And that's, I think that first three and out for me is a big reason of why I don't, not taking away from his comeback, mm. I still think he, his comeback almost eliminates the rest of the game mm. for me in terms of how well he played. But in terms of him getting something like the MVP award or or being lauded for like how well he played. That first three and out really gets in the way of that. There were a lot of short... There were a lot of passes that were too short that were behind. One of them caused an interception. So I think that he... Whether that's you know the jitters of being in the Super Bowl or whatever it is, I think that early on he couldn't quite... He couldn't quite get over the hump of, of that game. And he sort of just got stuck in this rhythm of making some good passes, but also throwing some bad ones and not getting the right kind of plays. Mm. I think the marker of greatness, though, is where Jared Goff couldn't elevate himself beyond how he started Mm. in the Super Bowl last season. I think that what puts Mahomes... And I'm not saying before all the, you know... You know, Patriots fans or whoever, or you know, just fans in general, go. Oh, but you can't put him in that company. He's only played three seasons. Well, probably three of the most remarkable openings. See, you yeah. know, or two two seasons as a starter as you're going to find. But what I think puts him in that elite company, and if his career continues on that trajectory, he will be in that elite mm, company yeah, on yeah. the end of his career. Is the ability to rise above. Yep. is the ability to find your best when your best is needed. Let's flip over and look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. So, Jimmy G, he's also copped a lot of harsh treatment. Yep. <laughs> but lot. Jimmy G, at the point where the, where, he th- um, where the 49ers were up, 20 to 10, Jimmy G had completed 17 of 20 passes for 183 yards, so he's going at uh, a little bit over 10 yards per completion, mm-hmm. one touchdown and one interception. And his team's leading 10 by 10 points in the Super Bowl. Yep. He'd been really efficient without being exceptional. From there, things go <laughs> downhill. But, he can, in fact, really downhill. He completes 3 of 11 to finish the game. He went so far point. downhill he went off the cliff. That's into the ocean. And look, this is the this is the point. Can you win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G? 100%. Yeah. 100%. They were doing it. The the problem though 
is, and, and, and a lot of problems, and I don't want this to be just an all negative podcast. There was a lot of good stuff. I yep. think there was a, a lot of brilliant football on display. I thought Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, yeah, yep. Nick Bosa, had great pressure off yeah. the edge. It was fascinating to see that the uh, Chiefs using some of that sort of read option, pitch mm. the ball out stuff. Oh, that was great. Because I think that was an attempt, too, to target how aggressive the 49ers were coming off the edge yeah. to suck those guys in and then be able to pitch mm-hmm. the ball out. Um, but I think one stat that shocked me, the 49ers ran the ball 22 times in this game. The Chiefs ran it 29 times. The Chiefs had uh, 33 minutes of possession. The 49ers had 26. Mm. No way would I have predicted that the, the Kansas City Chiefs would have had more time of possession and more running plays. Yeah. I would imagine that stat is a lot different if you just include the first three quarters, though. I don't know what that would be, but I would imagine there was a point, or even just the first half, that the 49ers were running the ball a lot more and mm. the Chiefs were trying to throw a bit more, but then they just went 180 mm. for some reason that we still cannot explain. Well, well, that's what I, I guess... I wonder is that they went so far away from what their identity was. Mm -hmm. And I get that you fall behind, but the fact that, and again, you know, you look at third down um, completions and that sort of thing, that the 49ers went three of eight on third down completions. The Chiefs, six of 14, (laughs) still a higher percentage than the... And the Chiefs also converted two of three fourth downs the 49ers were held on their only fourth down conversion. The reality really was that when it came down to it, Jimmy G could not get them those third down completion yeah. throws. When it really when it, it really mattered most and the Chiefs started bringing pressure mm-hmm. in that final quarter, Steve Spaniolo going all out with the heavy yeah. blitz pressure, Jimmy G was unable to find um, those clutch throws. You spin it over, Mahomes was absolutely clutch when, yeah. it, when it mattered most. Mm-hmm. And that was, as much as you can say, well, they were 20 to 10 up and he hadn't performed well and Jimmy G had done well. The Super Bowl, yeah. when it was there to be won, mm-hmm. the 49ers couldn't do it. They yeah. couldn't get that done on defense. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing. You can say that the offense didn't score... Um, you know, couldn't complete some third downs and extend some drives to run out the clock on the Chiefs. Defense also gave up 21 points. Yep. In the last nine minutes. Mm-hmm. For the defense that was held... The best. At, like, this is the best. And a prime example of Jimmy G not, you know, throwing those clutch throws is... I forget who the receiver was, but it was the that deep ball. Yes. Um, it was to Sanders. Yeah. That is a prime example of if... That is caught. That's a touchdown. And, that is a touchdown. Game over, game over. And then we're going, Jimmy G, He. I feel like it's... If he got that touchdown, he would be getting a similar... It's different because it's Super Bowl, and the game is different, but I think it would be a similar response to how everyone um, thought about Kirk Cousins in that Saints game, in that overtime quarter where Kirk Cousins threw to Thielen down and didn't get the touchdown, but essentially set up the Rudolph touchdown. The same thing of going, oh, now he can perform in the, in the big games, which, as much as I love Kirk Cousins and I'm a Vikings fan, I still don't think that that erases his record. It definitely improves it. But I think the same thing is can be seen here with Jimmy G. If he gets that, 
we're going, oh my god, yes, he had issues. Like now we say, yes, Mahomes had issues, but he came above it. We'd be saying the exact same thing about Jimmy G. And yet, he didn't. He was overthrown. Which, there's two schools of thought with that. And some people say, yeah, but that's a tough throw. And, you know, that's a one in a million throw or whatever. You can't expect a quarterback to, to always... He missed a throw, so what? You know, that's always happened. And then the other school of thought is, you're an NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl. If you can't get that touchdown... You don't deserve to win. The other, the other school of thought is Patrick Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill on a forty-yard pass on third and fifteen. Yeah. And and this is the thing. This is this is the the yes you can worse quarterbacks than Jimmy G have won Super Bowls. Yeah. But if you are a franchise that has a for a legitimate franchise quarterback, then your likelihood of winning multiple Super Bowls mm. and, and maintaining your success for a long period of time, I, I think goes up exponentially. Yeah. Um, because Patrick Mahomes can make people around him better. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a, there's a quarterback exercise to be done at some point, you know, in, in terms of who do you take mm. over... How many quarterbacks are there if you and I were both asked, would we take ahead of the quarterbacks of our own franchise? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a really interesting one. I mean, it'd be hard, it, I feel like it'd be hard for me to answer at the moment not knowing Roethlisberger's health. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's an off-season one. But I think mm. this is the, the, the legitimate question now. And, and this comes into... Um, really brings up some big questions around quarterback contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got a guy like Dak Prescott at the moment who's, you know, will likely reset the benchmark again because that just seems to be the nature of quarterback contracts that the next guy to sign sets the bar higher and sets the bar higher. So you, but you've got Jared Goff on these, you know, $100 million plus dollar contract. Should Jared Goff be on? Like, and again, it's not this they saying they shouldn't be well paid. If you're in the NFL, you're probably being well paid. Yeah. But you've got... There is an elite tier of quarterbacks, and then there's everyone else. Yeah, There's probably half a dozen quarterbacks... At the most. ...in the league yeah. who are legitimate. Jump on my shoulders, let's go, let's go win this game. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes really did that for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. It's like watching AFL and you see Joel Selwood yeah. for the Cats. Love him or hate him. You see midway through a game, you can see the physical change and then the emotional change in the team when he tries to yeah. put the team on his back and go. That's what Patrick Mahomes did. Mm-hmm. You saw when his throws weren't working, he started to take off with his legs to try and sustain drives by you know rushing for first downs yeah. where he could and then hitting that third and 15, which is absolutely clutch, which is... I can see why... He ultimately won mm. the MVP. And I'm not even, like, you know, salty about mm. it. It's like, great, good job, man. I don't know if I would have picked that, but he definitely deserves it, I guess, is how I see it. I'm not salty, but let's talk about the real Super Bowl MVP. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Damian Williams. Now, I that, for me, is the guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Damian Williams, here's, a, here's some stats for you. So Damian Williams, um, on the day, had... 17 carries for 104 yards, averaging 6.12 yards 
um, on the ground with one touchdown rushing, which was the 38-yard yeah. touchdown to seal it all up. Mm-hmm. He also had eight rushing first downs, and I'll tell you why that's important in a minute. Through the air, he had four catches on eight targets. Now, a few of those were uh, flagrant overthrows yeah. from Mahomes. So he had four catches for 29 yards with a touchdown and three first downs. Kansas City Chiefs, in total, had 26 first downs for the game. Damien Williams had 11 of them. So 42.3% of their first downs you can attribute to Damien Williams. So yeah. almost half. Mm. Of their 12 rushing touchdowns, Williams had eight of them. 66.6% of their rushing first downs. I do not think, and, and a lot of those first downs came in the first half. Yeah. When things weren't going as well for the Chiefs. I think Williams made plays he had. So that was what was interesting too. He had 29 receiving yards on four catches, but his yards after the catch were 30. Yeah. So he was doing a lot of what he was doing Mm -hmm. after he caught it. Yeah. Um, I really think that this guy kept the Chiefs. When you go back, I watched the 40-minute version you repeatedly hear Damien Williams, Damien Williams. There's Damien Williams with yeah. another first down. Damien Williams with the catch. Damien Williams with another five Without yards. Without his performance, I don't think the Chiefs would have won this game. I agree. Whereas I don't... Which makes him the most valuable Yeah, player. exactly. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you can say that to the same degree with Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Patrick Mahomes ended up, yes, winning them the game. But I don't think he was as valuable to that win as Williams. I think... It's Give it hard, back, Mahomes, is what we're saying. Come it's on. It's a hard one. Like, I, I think that you... I, I don't think... And because I'm a Steelers fan, I'm going to go to a Steelers... Yep. You know, there's a, there's a game against Jacksonville last year, I think it was, where I think um, Roethlisberger threw three or four interceptions in the first half. Mm-hmm. Had barely any yards. We barely moved the ball. I think they had, like... Under 50 yards yeah. in the first half. Mm-hmm. Even into the third quarter, they were still horrible. Last quarter, I think he threw two or three, uh, two touchdowns and rushed for one mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Th- ended up having, you know, a, at least 200 or 250 yards through the air. Maybe it was even 300 yeah. across the day. And I can't separate those facts. Yes, yeah. wasn't as good at the start. At the end of the day, he won. And as much as we can try and, you know, get into analytics, and I'm big into numbers, I'm big into swings and and trends and all Mm. that sort of stuff, what is the most important statistic to a football team? When it comes to your, what's the expectation that everyone sets out, 32 teams set out at the start of the year in training camp? We go and win the Super Bowl. Who did it? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not he played well through the whole game, ultimately, he was Patrick Mahomes... When they needed Superman, mm-hmm. Superman arrived. Yeah. Superman came in. I think he is an incredibly valuable player. Mm-hmm. I just think in this one instance, Damien Williams was more valuable in terms of what he was able to do. And it's a, such a hard award to pick. Here's a hypothetical. Give Let, me a hypothetical. Ha- I'll give it to you right now. So yes. let's say... Right? Let's say Jimmy Garoppolo had a great game. Mm-hmm. Let's say he threw, I don't know... Three touchdowns, no deceptions, 90% completion percentage. Like, he had a great game, mm-hmm. right? 
but let's say the rushing wasn't great so that it evened itself out and we had similar scores, right? Mm -hmm. So Jimmy G had a great game, mm -hmm. but Mahomes had the comeback that he had, right? Mm -hmm. And the result is the same for Mahomes, the same stats, but Jimmy G instead had an amazing game. Yes. Who do you think between those two quarterbacks would have been the most valuable player out of those two? If you had to pick... The quarterback who had a fantastic game but his team lost, or Mahomes who had an inconsistent game but led the comeback that won the game. Patrick Mahomes. I'll take yep. the winner every time. Yep. 10 out of 10. He, he won. Yep. And when it was there to be won, because we can say, well, Jimmy G, play, in the hypothetical, he played well across the whole game. But who won? Yeah. Who's quarterback elevated to the level of play that won a championship? It's almost like there's two separate things. You've got your statistics, but then you've actually got the reality. The statistics, the statistics can give light to the reality and help you dissect it and go, well, this is the reality because of blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But what really matters is what happened, right? And yeah. yes, Mahomes didn't have... You might disagree. I don't think Mahomes had good statistics on his side. Mm -hmm. In this Super Bowl. But like you said, it doesn't really matter. He won the game. And it was because of him. It wasn't even that he just rode on the mm. coattails of the Chiefs. He was the one who won the game for the Chiefs. And I don't really think... Yes, I don't think he had great stats. But in a way, it doesn't even matter. Because he was the one who won the game. And it doesn't matter. You could throw... <laughs> you could throw ten interceptions and no touchdowns. But if you throw the touchdown that wins the game... Who cares? You have the Super Bowl ring. Yeah, and, and I think ultimately too, that the statistical side of it is, and again, I'm a big statistical person. Yeah, love we've stats. Got, we've got a giant, <laughs> you know, stat-filled document yes. right here. I love it, and I think it's a really crucial part of the game. I love reading about it. I think it is, it's the future of the game. Mm. What, but the thing at the moment, I was reading an article, it's probably a year old now, about um, MLB. So baseball... You know, there's a, an amount of clubs, a small amount of the, the 30 baseball teams. Mm -hmm. Every, all the baseball teams have the data. They have the video cameras yeah. and the, the, um, the radar guns and radar cameras. They build 3D pitch analyzing imaging and they can analyze the, the way that the bat travels through the strike zone and all these things in almost real time. Mm -hmm. But only a small amount of those clubs have invested the money and time and resources and expertise into actually knowing what they've got. Yeah. So they understand it. Mm -hmm. Numbers are going to be the future of how coaches help athletes improve. Mm -hmm. But what you need, you can't just have the data because the data and the statistics without, uh, without context are meaningless. And this AKA is Kirk Cousins. Great stats, but he didn't win a Super Bowl. It's true. And, it's, and, and, and the, re the reverse is true of Mahomes. Mm. We can look at his statistics, right? We can look at a box score, and they're helpful to a point. And this is where you and I, you know, we learn and get better at, at match analysis, and we, mm. we see the importance of looking at a match and going, not just what numbers were produced, what happened. Mm. Because you can look at a quarterback's performance, go, he only completed 26 of 42 and he threw two interceptions and blah, blah, blah. But even watching on the TV angle, sometimes it's a matter of watching the all 22 angle yeah. and going, well, for the first half, they were bringing incredible pressure on the, on the mm. edge or whatever and the man coverage was suffocating. Yeah. He had no one to pass to mm -hmm. and couldn't escape the pocket because the pocket was collapsing around him. 
It's a miracle he didn't throw <laughs> more interceptions. Yeah. Now, again, I agree with you. He didn't have... You can definitely look at his statistics and you can look at his game film. Mm -hmm. In the first half, I actually questioned whether or not he was injured. Mm. Because one thing I noticed about his throwing, and I, and I don't know exactly why, I don't know enough about throwing mechanics to understand, but I don't know if this stuck out to you, particularly in that third quarter, a lot of the throws that he, were missing, that he was missing were low. Mm. And his throws were dying towards the ground. Yeah. Now, he took a couple of big shots, but I actually said to Frieda, I said, I wonder if he's injured because I have, you know, Mahomes is renowned for having that cannon of yeah. an arm and watching it, you could see the throw dying as it came toward the receiver. And yeah. just before that, he unloaded on that massive yeah. throw, he threw one to Tyreek Hill that died and it was the trap catch yeah. where they thought it was a catch and then they overturned it because mm -hmm. it hit the ground. And I thought, I think his shoulder or there's something that's impacting his ability to throw with power. Obviously, then he comes out the next yeah. the next play, throws you know yeah. an incredible... A good shut-up throw. throw. Like, no, no, I'm good. But you just don't know what it is that could be impacting a player. Such small things can make such an incredible amount of difference. In that same MLB article, they talked about a pitcher and they were noticing his, uh, you know, his, his earned run average was way higher through the first half of the season. and They were trying to decide what's wrong with this guy. You know, is his release point right? You know, um, and they, they were measuring that, you know, in, in, mm -hmm. in pitching sessions and going, no, his release point is, you know, it's fine. His arm is, you know, that he's, wrist, it's all at the right angle, etc, etc. He's getting the right revolutions on the ball. Then they did a full body, um, more of a, a full body mm -hmm. analysis and realised that when he was pitching, he'd started to develop a slight tilt toward his glove side um. and that carried his pitching point up higher yeah. than if he was down here. Mm -hmm. They adjusted that, halved his earned run average in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. So something like how Mahomes was throwing... It could be anything. Yeah. It could be the, the nervousness of the pack collapsing. It could be... Maybe he was just not stepping into his... I don't know. Yeah. But there was... The, the, the short of all that banter, though, is to say, you're absolutely right, that he did not have his best game. Mm -hmm. But when the game demanded it, he was at his best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much, you know, what you can say. I think we should, you know, probably put some... It's funny, you know, ultimately only one team comes out of a season with the prize. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's gonna cop all the criticism about yeah. oh twenty eight and three, twenty eight to three. Kyle Shanahan was not the head coach. Yeah. He put the Atlanta if you wanna give him credit, his offense put the Atlanta Falcons twenty eight to three up against the Patriots. Yeah. Dan Quinn and the defense yeah. couldn't stop the Patriots coming back. Yeah. Yes, I think if he looked back on this game. He may feel he was too conservative before halftime. Oh, that was... Of everything in that game, that was the most surprising. Don't take this personally, because it's not about you, but that yeah. was Mike Zimmer-like. Yep. yep. That's something I can see you know, the Vikings going and frustrated sure. going, what are you doing? Yeah. I totally... You know, I didn't think of that, but you're absolutely right. That is such a Mike Zimmer thing to do. Yeah. So good we have him next season. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I was just... I attacked the game. The momentum was with the 49ers. I, I think they needed... Essentially, when they're up 20-10, to 10, 
They needed one more score. And they could have. Like, there was... When they had the ball to start that last two minutes, right? Mm. The commentators were saying it. We're all expecting, okay, they're going to do the timeouts. Then they run it, and they don't call a timeout. And then, But then they were forced to throw, and Jimmy G threw, like, I don't know, 20 yards, mm. right? And then they finally called a timeout, but there was, like, 16 seconds left yeah. on the clock, and they didn't have enough time. But that goes to show, if they had more throws like that, they could have at least had a field goal. Yes. If not a touchdown. And it's where, you know, there's going to be that balance of how, you know, how much do you trust your quarterback? And I think they got caught in a tough spot. I think there was a little bit of the Ravens about it to me where I honestly think that Harbaugh and the Ravens got caught going, holy crap, we're behind. We, we haven't been behind like this all season. Mm. Oh, let's throw it 50 times. Yeah. Like, they went... I think I texted you this. They went... To the pass when I felt they should have run, mm-hmm. and they went to the run when I felt they should have passed at yeah. times in this game. I just felt that the balance was a little off. I think Andy Reid, I actually thought it before the game, I saw some footage of him on the sideline, and I thought, he looks like this is any other game. Mm. He looks super yeah. chill. <laughs> and ultimately, I think that experience maybe of coming from 24 to nothing down against the Texans, mm-hmm. coming from whatever it was, 10 to nothing down against the, mm-hmm. the Titans... I think put them in good stead. I still don't. We can come I, from behind. I still don't get why would you go away from the run as the 49ers when you were averaging something like six yards a carry, it was something like that. Yeah, six point four yards. Yeah. Why? Like I don't even, I don't even get it. And some people have said, you know, Jimmy G defenders, which is perfectly fine if you want to be a defender of Jimmy G. Um, saying we like, hill, oh, we you know, hill to die. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. But people will say, like, oh, but they went to the pass because he's been really efficient, right? Mm. But a lot of those passes were play-action, right? They were in the middle of these running plays that were catching them, were catching the chief defense off guard. But when you give... Evidently, when you give the ball to Jimmy G more and more, it didn't work. So I feel like after the first drive, and it's like, oh, that didn't really work out. Oh, the Chiefs might be coming back. Let's try and run the ball a bit more. Like... The Chiefs had eight minutes to score 21 points. What if that was four minutes, mm. right? What if that clock was chewed by the run so much that they only had four minutes to score 21 points? They might have still done it. They're the Chiefs. But, but that is tough. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the small, I really think if, the, if they don't hit that third and 15 throw, it's curtains. Yeah. Because I think the whole complexion of the game changed on that throw. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what you were looking for. It was like the the, the pressure valve released. Mm. They suddenly went, oh, that's right, this is who we are. Yeah. We're the goddamn chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then they just stomped them. Yeah. And that's... But they that it took them three and a half quarters to find that moment. And for three and a half quarters, the 49ers looked like the Super Bowl champions. Yeah. And then the chiefs said, no, thank you. We're, yeah. we're going to be taking the Lombardi back to uh, Arrowhead Stadium. I th- Yeah. Look, I again, I think it's all narrative based and mm-hmm. if you if you if we get it's about, you know, we're discussing it from the point of obviously football fans, mm-hmm. football addicts, somewhat, you know, um semi well, not even semi friendly well, you know, an analytic front, you know, mm-hmm. and we are going to buy into those narratives to to a degree. You know, the reality is that none of us know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. We don't know if a Jimmy G 
you know, missed pass is due to a left tackle not making an appropriate amount of blocking or what, you know, like there are so many facets that go yep. into it and you could analyse it down. But the reality is that you see what you see. Yep. And, you know, these narratives, which I don't like, are going to follow. Well, I, I feel in a, in a similar but different reality... We could be talking about Kyle Shanahan and going, "Wow, what a great way he turned around that game!" If let's say after that after half time, mm. Shanahan's like, ah, "I really shouldn't have. We really should have tried to score in that. Let's try to be more aggressive. Mm. Let's try and fix that mistake of being conservative. Let's be more aggressive and throw the ball." Mm. Right? Maybe that's what he was thinking and going. We made a mistake there. We need to be more aggressive because if we go too conservative and run the ball, the Chiefs are going to come back and win mm. the game. Maybe that's his thinking. And let's say Jimmy G does throw a few more touchdowns, and then we're going, oh, my God, Kyle Shanahan did a great job. He came back. He went. He fixed his mistake. He was aggressive. He wasn't conservative, mm. right? And we say he's coach of the year, whatever, mm. you know? That's a, exactly to your point, that we don't know what's going behind the scenes. He might not have been thinking that, but to me that seems perfectly logical that he goes... We've got to be more aggressive. It just didn't work out. So to me, that goes... It, it's so tough because we don't know what was happening behind the scenes, but we know what we saw. Mm. And we saw that the 49ers didn't win the game. And, and uh, uh, you, you could almost say that this game did, in some ways, ultimately come down to two throws. Yeah. Mahomes on third and mm -hmm. 15, I think if he doesn't hit that throw, it's game over. Yeah. I think if Jimmy G hits that throw... Mm. To Sanders, yeah. that D1. I think that's probably game over. Yep. Because I think there they run a few plays, you know. I mean, maybe the Chiefs would have had time to go back down. I, I don't know. But but I just think in terms of momentum shift, yeah. that would have been huge if they had have hit Sanders mm -hmm. there. <coughs> anyway, that is... <coughs> ah, ah, oh, no, you're giving Kyle me poison. Shanahan, the assassin. He's in the window. The assassin. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the JBFE. I've got to go crawl off and <coughs> get over the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope you brought a mask. I hope um, On that note, uh, we'll end it there. Thanks for listening to the JBFE this season. And obviously, we're going to continue to do yeah. football content. Off-season. Not sure win. exactly what shape that'll take yet. But it will be... Uh, Coming at you thick and fast before you know it. Mm -hmm. Hope you have enjoyed the NFL 2019 season. The Chiefs, our Super Bowl champions, defeating the 49ers 31-20. to Thanks so much for being a part of the coverage. Thank you. Minnesota Thanks for having Jack. me. No worries at all. And uh, until next time, fine people, you have been great. We've been reasonable. It's the JBFE. Thanks so much for listening.